be great if well, we were asked more uh, about our opinions or uh, in regards to uh, international things. And maybe, I don't know, I feel like uh, a lot of countries get are centered uh, on what's going on. Self-centered. Yeah, yeah, they're self-centered. So I think if the UN was more um, opened, maybe like through courses, people would be more interested and we could feel like we would have an impact and be more involved in the UN and maybe there would be more change because people would be more concerned. That's exactly what we're doing here. Welcome back to Uncomplicated. We're not just talking. We're, we're listening. listening. That's right. Uh, what a gr- That was Margot Duyer. Duyer, that's right. She's a law student from France who was visiting the United Nations. And we spoke to her after our interview with Fabrizio Hochschild, right? Yeah, exactly. So this whole episode, first we'd like to say, welcome to Uncomplicated. That's right. Let's backtrack. Welcome. <laughs> Um, You're a stickler for the organization. I, yes. I am. Um, I'm Sanduja Srinivasan. I'm one of your hosts. I'm Jason Dewall. I'm the loose cannon. As always. And you're listening to, to Uncomplicated. We're very delighted to have all of you back. And today's episode is, is a celebration and a reflection. UN is turning 75 in 2020. And exactly as we, as we said, Dewall, it's about having a conversation. It's about listening, not just talking. That's right. And we were able to listen to Fabrizio Hochschild, right? He's the campaign lead. He's leading this this year-long campaign on UN75 to open up a global conversation on, on three themes, which are the kind of future that we want. Are we on track to get to that future? And what actions do we need to maybe bridge the gap between where we're headed and, and where we want to go. And these are three questions that the UN is looking for public contribution towards. Notably questions, exactly. right? And and it couldn't have been more clear. It was 100% clear from our interview that the UN wants to hear from the global citizens. Have a conversation. Uh, have a conversation. And when, you, when someone like Fabrizio leads a, a campaign like this, this is not someone who has been with the UN for one, two, five, even 10 years. This is someone who has been with the UN for three decades. That's right. And you can look it up. He has been posted in the Sudan, Jerusalem, Bosnia and Herzegovina, Serbia, the Republic of Tanzania, and more. That's just to name some. Exactly. So he's actually started with the UN as a volunteer in Sudan. And let's let him tell his origin story in his own words. I joined, I was working as a volunteer in Darfur at a time when nobody knew where Darfur was, Mm. where I think in the whole of Darfur, and Darfur is the size of Belgium and France combined. Wow, yeah. In the whole of Darfur, I think there were three or four uh, expatriates. And I was working there as a as a as a volunteer in forestry, planting trees with, with refugees. At that time it was Chadian refugees okay. in Sudan who had fled uh, Hussein Habre. And we were doing a project to help them become self-sufficient. Okay. And I'm a forester by training and I was working there. And then I was recruited there by UNHCR that had a program looking after the, the refugees. And then they sent me to South Sudan where the war was on and where due to uh, attacks on the refugee camps, which were refugee camps with Ugandans, um, who'd been compelled to flee Uganda. Mm. Um, but due to the war um, and attacks by the SPLA on the Ugandan refugee camps, 
the UNHCR had to mount a major return program in very difficult circumstances. And there had been a security incident involving the head of the office. So they were looking for a volunteer, and I volunteered, and I, I, I was sent down to, to South Sudan. And it was just before Operation Lifeline Sudan began, which was um, you know, the major feeding program for South Sudanese, um, which was started by UNICEF and WFP in uh, 1990. So the town, Juba, where I was stationed, was literally starving, and everybody was convinced it was about to fall. Uh, it was also the time that uh, Omar al-Bashir came to power. Mm. So it was a very interesting time, and I was privileged to be there and to be given a, a lot of responsibility at a very young age. I, I think it's amazing that uh, one individual made an active choice to essentially volunteer. This person who is at a very high level at the United Nations right now was part of what is what was Operation Lifeline Sudan. Mm. It's a consortium of about 35 different non-governmental organizations, right? And he was a forester by trade. Right. I think that's amazing. And now today, he is a very senior level in the United He's Nations. He's leading this campaign, exactly. And I think exactly like you said, step one is you say yes. You take that first step forward. You decide that you're going to contribute. And over over the years, over all of the places that Fabrizio has worked and, and lived, he's come to know this UN system really, really well, right? And he... From the ground from up. From the ground up. Based he, upon that initial active choice, right. just putting step one And taking forward. that first step forward. He knows the system well. He knows the UN's past really, really well. So now when we asked him, you know, what he thinks about the UN's future, what kind of future would he want, here's what he had to say. I mean, I think at this point, the UN is really in my, in my DNA. Mm. Most of my working life, I've, I've been with the UN and I've seen the UN at its best, and I think I'm also very aware of its, of its weaknesses. I've, I've lived through some of the saddest chapters of UN history, like uh, Srebrenica. I've seen, I've worked in personnel, I've seen all the problems with the bureaucracy. Mm. Uh, so I, I think I have a, uh, a pretty good idea of the UN strengths um, and weaknesses, but I also know that it continues to inspire and make a difference for many, many, many people. And I I've, I've think the, 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 one of the best things about the UN is the quality of the people it brings together and what it inspires them to do in often the most adverse and difficult circumstances. And I see how um, often at an almost imperceptible level from the point of view of the media or, or New York, it makes a tremendous difference in people's lives every single day in places where the deficit in peace, the deficit in security, the deficit in access to development and human rights is most acute. But I'm also aware that we're at a very difficult juncture for the UN, and, uh, and uh, that in New York is perhaps more, more self-evident than, than elsewhere, where on the one hand, there's a growing number of problems that can only be solved through international cooperation. On the other hand, there's this many people's countries turning their back on international cooperation. And that contradiction is a very dangerous one. It's a dangerous one for humanity. And I think in light of that, the Secretary General really wants to try and revitalize the spirit of international cooperation, uh, not by preaching to people about the virtues of the UN, 
um, as we all tend to do on anniversaries. But by listening to people's aspirations for their future, by listening to people's fears about their future, and hearing their suggestions about how this international project can be revitalized, but around very concrete challenges that will have a major impact on the future of my kids and their kids, like climate change, like the disruptive effect of new technologies, like the new forms uh, of violence, like growing inequalities. And if we don't come to better grips with those across borders, across the globe, uh, then this sort of steady progress we've seen in most of the world over the past 75 years, um, I think is in question. Mm. Um, And for the first time in history, we have both the possibility to solve the world's problems, um, but I think for the first time in history, we also can question very deeply whether that progress that we've seen over the past decades will really continue. This is a period where we're at a watershed, where there's a huge amount of uncertainty, where the logical response would be to strengthen global solidarity and global cooperation. But often, in face of fear, in face of uncertainty, in face of resurgent geopolitics, there's a retreat of people into their shells, retreat of countries into their shells, um, and that's, that's worrying. And we want to see how we can get beyond that. This is not just about um, the fanfare or you know, the pomp and circumstance of, right. of what is a, an incredible anniversary. It is a huge achievement to, uh, to get to 75 years of this global institution that is about multilateralism. It's about global cooperation. But there are serious threats to it, as he says, and we have to be cognizant of what is the best way to move forward, and that best way to move forward is an engaged global conversation. Absolutely. Let's state it bluntly. UN 75 is not a couple of celebratory cocktail parties and look at us. It is a very serious discussion about the world at a very serious time in history. And it is meant to facilitate those discussions to make a better future. Mm. People forget, as we often do, that when you look back, the League of Nations was really the UN before there was a UN. Mm. And it failed. Mm. And then World War II happened. Right. And it was assembled because of World War I. Right. So if the United Nations fails here... Uh, Where will we be? Yes. If you lose the, the, the global peacekeeping force... If you lose not just the global peacekeeping force, if you lose the infrastructure, the institutional memory of how to support peace and development in countries that don't have good governance, that don't have good institutions, that are still struggling with basic access to health care, education... That's that's a problem. And you're much more likely to repeat the mistakes of your past. Exactly. You know, next year is not only the 75th anniversary of the UN. It's the 100th anniversary of the first ever global experiment in international cooperation to secure peace and security through all governments coming together and agreeing on certain norms of behavior. Up until then, peace and security were always sought through ever larger Um, armies or alliances with those who had large armies. And if you think about it, it was a radical change in human history for people to put their faith in dialogue, to put their faith in global cooperation. And of course, the League failed. Mm -hmm. And the League's failure contributed to the bloodiest war in history, the Second World War. Um, And the, the founders of the United Nations made a very conscious effort to try and learn from the failures of the League and to build on. But the point is that if we want to continue 
being relevant, and I don't think anybody questions this, we need to continue to learn. The way the UN was set up 75 years ago was appropriate to the challenges then. In that moment. In that moment. But we need to continue to adapt and learn to be appropriate for the challenges of the future. And due to new technologies, due to climate change, due to the massive progress in so many senses, but the deficit in progress in terms of protracted localized conflict, the deficit of progress in terms of inequality, the challenges that are ahead with with demographic trends, youth bulges in some parts of the world, aging populations in the other, urbanization everywhere, we need to continue to change and we need to adapt. And the truth is that youth probably understand that those challenges are more at home, especially with new technologies, than the rest of us. The truth is that my generation, with many exceptions, hasn't necessarily done such a great job in terms of preparing the future. So we need to bring in those voices better um, and give them a say, because for the moment, what our generation, my generation, and generation before me is going to leave behind I wish something better for my kids. At the top of the show, we heard Margot, this first-year law student from France, who, although she's known about the UN her whole life, really wishes that she could join the conversation, that the UN would listen to what's something that she has to say. And wants to know how to do that. Exactly. And when we, we had our conversation, our interview with Fabrizio Holschild, who's the special advisor on the commemoration of the UN's 75th anniversary... That's all he wants is for people to actually join this conversation. This is coming directly from the secretary general who wants to set a culture of listening, culture of global listening um, to consider the future that we want. That's right. So it's all about how people can actually join, right, and join this conversation. How do you start the dialogue? How How does the conversation begin? Just like Fabrizio took that first step, that active choice into saying, yes, I'm going to support this campaign in Sudan, all of us publicly can take that first step ourselves because if you head on over to www.un.org backslash UN75, there's a button that says join the conversation. This is the first homework we've ever assigned at Uncomplicated. Oh, that's true. But this is your homework. This is your active choice, your step one to be part of this conversation. And there's actually, there's several ways you can join it. The very first way is to take a very short four-question survey. And we did take that survey in roughly a minute. Yes, right? exactly. So. Exactly. It's a super short survey, so everybody can do it. So please, please do your homework. But I have a hypothetical for you, Sinduja. Go on then, Diwal. Let's say I wanted to talk about the United Nations more with some of my family when I go home, you, you know, to visit people. How would I go about that? I'm so glad you asked. So on the same website, www.un.org backslash UN75, there's actually something called a dialogue toolkit. That's a very fancy phrase for a way to start conversations with your friends, your family, your coworkers at school, people who may want to know a little bit more about the UN, have a guided conversation perhaps about some of the issues that we're all facing. Maybe that's responsible consumption, climate change. And you can download it. Exactly. Too. You go to the website, as, as you had mentioned, you go under Join Conversations, click on Dialogue Toolkit, and you can download it right there. 
and it's there for you to to have a facilitated conversation with some of the people who may want to know may may have some familiarity with the UN but not totally know what it's doing and better yet you can tell the UN how those conversations went there's actually a feedback form so if something worked well if something can be approved we want to know that as well UN 75 wants to know that this is meant to be a two-way conversation can't stress that enough UN 75 is setting up the conversation but it takes two. Exactly. So we've set you up right here. Use whatever social media uh, outlet that you use. Use some hashtags. Hashtag UN75, right? Hashtag UNGA, hashtag UN, whatever it is that you want to bring to the attention of the United Nations, throw that in with a hashtag, and that will actually feed into the conversation in yet another way because the UN will be analyzing that data, will be understanding what are the issues that are important to you during this year of a two-way conversation. That's right. And hey, take the survey, right? Yes. Take the survey. It's a minute. Yeah, it takes one minute. You get to put a tweet in there. Yes, and uh, you might be tweeted you know, by the SG himself. Indeed, right? And we have a little uh, teaser here. We do. A great reveal, if you will. First uh, first heard on Uncomplicated. That's right. We broke it here. Yes. <laughs> <laughs> Allegedly. <laughs> there is a Vox series coming up. In January. In that's early right. January. Yep. That's right. So be on the lookout for that as well. It's coming to a streaming device near you, Uncomplicating the UN in through the medium of television. So look out for that and engage with the UN in any way that you can because this is meant to be a two-way conversation. So join it. And, and with us as well. If you want to tweet us, email us, just reach out. If you have any questions here at Uncomplicated, we want to help you. We want to help make the world a better place. That's what we're doing here. So here's to 75 years of the UN and 75, 150, and 300 more. There we go. Ciao. Thanks. <laughs>